It's so wonderful to see all of you here this evening. We welcome you here on this most holy night. Whether you're someone who is here every time the door is open or you're just visiting tonight, whatever your religious background or lack thereof, I'm so glad you're here tonight. Every year on this day, I marvel that after 2,000 years, we still gather to tell this simple story, one that is in some ways the most ordinary story ever, about the birth of a child, which is something that is common to us all, but one that continues to intrigue us, speak to us, challenge us, and perhaps even to change us in some way. There's something about this moment when we put a spotlight on a baby born in Bethlehem so long ago that brings to it ever so briefly a bit of focus and clarity, or at least a bit of holy imagination and wonder. Now, I don't know about you, but I struggle to reconcile the secular observances of Christmas with the story that we tell and what we experience here on this night. It's hard to find explicit references to the origins of Christmas in our modern celebrations of of the cultural Christmas. The shopping that began many weeks ago, of course, the festive parties, the Santas and reindeer and snowmen, the movies, the tinsel, the jingles. Whether out of respect for the diversity of our multicultural society or an overabundance of caution to preserve the boundaries of church and state, secular and sacred, or out of an increase in cultural ignorance or historical blindness, we seem as a culture to have forgotten where this holiday came from. We've created many substitute meanings, most of them calculated to serve the interests of the economy or on corporate profits, from Black Friday to the incessant commercials and incentives to spend our money on all those things that we never knew we needed or wanted. Yes, we bathe all of these meanings in nostalgia and at least a veneer of tradition and generosity with with vague references to the importance of family and good spirited values and perhaps even a shout out to peace on earth. We seem mostly content with all of this, and it doesn't hurt that we are plied with all sorts of gastronomic delights and otherwise forbidden indulgences as we celebrate. But here we come tonight to hear a different story, the one where it all began. It's a story that begins with an emperor, a Roman emperor named Augustus whose decree required people to travel to their ancestral villages to register for a census. And then we very quickly zero in on one little obscure family affected by these political events. Simple people, Mary and Joseph. Although descended from Israel's most famous king, David, they were of such humble status that they They couldn't even find a room in Bethlehem. And so they found themselves in a stable where Mary delivered their newborn baby, Jesus. The only ones to take notice of this birth apparently were some shepherds watching in the fields that night. Now they were the poorest of the poor, whose work, because of its endless nature and their constant search for new pastures and the filthy conditions in which they worked, prevented them from participating in normal 
polite Jewish society. But there they were, out under the stars, when an angel of the Lord stood before them, and they were terrified. What had they done wrong? Whom had they offended? But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Oh yes, and then there was a whole chorus of angels singing praises to God, and the angel told them to go to Bethlehem to see the child that had been born. And there they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph were amazed to hear what these poor shepherds told them about what they had seen and heard, and Mary treasured all these things in her heart. Now this simple yet beautiful story stands in such sharp contrast to so much of what we seem to be celebrating this time of year. This story places the poorest of the poor front and center in a story of God coming to us, not in power and great glory, but humbly and in a manger, in a God who becomes one of us, shares in our deepest and most human stories, knows the struggles of our lives at their very most fragile. This story of a brown-skinned Middle Eastern family, vulnerable and at the mercy of powerful people and political forces, tended to by shepherds, and later driven by the raging violence of a jealous king to flee as refugees for safety, is a reminder to us to look for God in the faces and in the stories of the poor, of refugees, of children, and of all who are without protection in our too often cruel and unfair world. This Christmas, there are over 10,000 children who have been taken from their parents and placed in detention centers or other forms of custody along our southern border and all across this country. They've been traumatized by separation from their families and will bear the scars of this trauma for their entire lives. Many of them are living in inhumane circumstances and without adequate food or health care. Some have died. Parents frantically await the possibility of reunion with them. Such inconvenient truths to be sharing at such a joyful time as this, indeed. And yet we cannot also forget the millions of refugees, over 70 million worldwide, who have been told, like Mary and Joseph, that there's no room for them. And what about the homeless people on our streets and those living in encampments or vehicles across our city tonight? No room for them either. When we see the poor and the vulnerable, the refugee and the homeless, we are seeing the victims of a society that has put its trust not in the God of all creation, whose love pours out for all people and all of creation, but in the false gods of privilege, money, 
and might. The Christmas story, this very first Christmas story, provides not just an alternative narrative to the cultural celebration of Christmas, but a challenge to, and yes, even a repudiation of, the idea of a God who serves the interests of the powerful and the privileged while leaving the poor and the vulnerable to fend for themselves. Tonight, God has appeared among us, taken on human flesh and blood in the poor and in the weak, to reveal the truth that God's love extends even to the very least among us. And it reminds us that it must be a story of joy for all people, not only those for whom things happen to be working pretty well. So keeping Christ in Christmas is measured not by whether we greet people with Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, but by whether we seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbor as ourselves, and work toward a world where that love becomes a reality for each and every one of God's chosen people. This is the good news of great joy for all the people. Amen.